0: podcast disclaimer. This podcast is not intended for all audiences, and you may find the content disturbing. We will be talking about murders, crimes, and violence. So if you are sensitive to any of these topics, you may want to skip this episode or possibly the entire podcast. And welcome back to the Talking Murder with My Mother podcast. I am your host, Sonia. And here is Mother. Hello, Mother. Hi. So, Mother, how are you today? Very sad. Why are you sad? Well,
1: I mean, you know, the States, Boulder, oh. Colorado. Oh, All I just,
0: the, uh... my
1: mind, my mind becomes like this thingy um I was I was awake last night and I was kind of falling asleep and I just kind of had the tv on in the background I was doing something else and um and it came on the screen and I just I you know we've become so almost immune to it it, it it's 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 very sad and it's, it just doesn't make sense to me but uh, you know, on uh, you a know, uh, happier note, you know, uh, things are looking up with COVID here. At least, hopefully, we're going to be out of a curfew soon. Um, I'm getting my shot on Sunday, so my first one. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I guess things are going in a positive route. And hopefully, you know, people will, you know, keep getting the vaccine and, you know, we'll be out of this by the summertime and we'll be able to go back to a, and I put in quotation marks, normal life. Yeah, I think exactly. everything, normal. Any, anything. Yeah, I know, I don't know that there'll be normal, maybe even in my own lifetime. Um, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's a wake up call for a, a lot of people, a lot of things. But uh, yeah, you tell me your story today.
0: Uh, we'll uh, we'll talk. Murder. Well, maybe maybe this will not cheer you up. I mean, I don't know if you can say cheer you up. But this is an interesting one indeed, indeed. Oh, and just to recap, for those of you who don't know, uh, mother is in Montreal, up in Canada, and I am down in South Florida. I was born in Montreal, but I moved down to South Florida when I got married. So. And mothers live down here and everything, but that's where she is right now. So when she talks about, you know, getting the vaccine and watching the stuff in the States, it's because she's back home. All right. So this is a story from 1948. But to start, I have to go back to 1930. Okay. So 1930. I got to jump back there just for one second. And this is like I found a newspaper article. I had to. I, I don't know how I even found this going back even 18 years before the actual the actual uh, thing that happened. Okay, so Times-Picayune, New Orleans, Louisiana, April 26, 1930. It says, chief dismisses doorman after apartment row. Officer says he went to see a sick woman and she locked him in. Dorman Joseph, Dorman Joseph Estrada, assigned to the motorcycle squad, was dismissed from the police department Friday after superintendent of police, Theodore A. Ray, had heard details of an early morning disturbance last Tuesday in the apartment of Miss Edna Goodson, 24 years old at 723 Jackson Avenue. In a police trial before the superintendent, Estrada declared he had been summoned to the girls' apartment, the Goodson woman was reported to be seriously ill, Arriving, he continued. Uh, arriving, he continued. The woman locked the door and refused to let him leave. The woman, along with Estrada, was arrested when neighbors complained of the peace disturbance. The woman, on charges of being drunk and disturbing the peace, Estrada with disturbing the peace, and he's a police officer, so I, I'm confused. Estrada, it developed, is married and the father of five children. Previously, Superintendent Ray said Estrada promised to remain away from the Goodson woman after Mrs. Estrada had complained of their acquaintanceship. Okay, mm-hmm. is that so,
1: what they were calling it?
0: <laughs> so, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know,
1: acquaintanceship. Well,
0: I, I don't. How how, how quaint. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what their relationship was, but obviously. Something was going on at 723 Jackson Avenue well, uh, there you go. with this cop and this girl Edna. So 1930, okay. So this cop gets fired because of this this girl, lady, 24 year old lady. Okay. So this. So I find this. Okay. Then we're gonna fast forward to 1946. All right. 1946. I find this. The Shreveport Journal, January 15th, 1946. Yeah. Convict's fiance doubts Angola nuptials. Okay? All right. Edna L. Goodson. So here's the same lady. Today indicated she would not go through with a marriage ceremony at the Louisiana State Penitentiary, but instead would wait until William... R. Grace, a fourth-time offender, is released in November. Quote, I won't say yes, I won't say no, replied Miss Goodson to questions ab- about her wedding, which penitentiary officials in Baton Rouge yesterday said would be held at the Angola prison farm. But earlier, she told a reporter that she and Grace had decided to wait until his release. The woman who lives here with her mother and is about 35 years old said she had known bill as she calls him for a long time she said that they had considered marriage at the penitentiary and each had written the attorney general asking if a ceremony would be possible later we decided to wait until bill gets out on november 3rd miss goodson explained later she said she quote didn't know anything about the planning of the prison ceremony the woman was also adamant in her refusal to pose for photographs insisting i don't want my picture in the paper quote unquote Permission for the penitentiary wedding was granted, the prison official said in Baton Rouge, only because Grace, now a camp clerk, has a fine record in the prison, and they ruled that the bride must leave the prison farm immediately after the ceremony. Probation records, so no hanky-panky, just get married and get the hell out. Probation records here show that Grace entered Angola in April of 1937 under a life sentence as a fourth offender after a larceny conviction, but his but there was a granted a commutation last May to 10 years. He is scheduled for release next November 3rd. The prison official said because of his credit for good behavior, no definite date for the ceremony has been set. Okay. So that's January 15th. Then, so she's supposed to marry a four time offender. Yeah. Yeah. Who's supposed to be in jail for life, but he got a reprieve. Yeah. He got a commutation. They made it 10 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, guys. If you hear me slurping on something over here, it's I'm, I'm drinking a frozen coffee called a Frojo. It's uh, from a place called Aroma Joe's. They are not a sponsor. This is unsponsored. However, they are my favorite fucking coffee place down here. They only have one location right by my house, and the rest of them are up north in northern states. Look them up, Aroma Joe's. They're friggin' amazing. Okay, next. Then I have this. Two weeks later, we have this. Prison paper tells of nuptials, New Orleans woman and fourth offender married at Angola. The Angola News... Oh, Shreveport Journal, January 31st, 1946. The Angola News weekly tabloid published at the state penitentiary at Angola scooped the state press with its initial issue this week. The paper, which resumed publication after being suspended for several years during the war, today reported the marriage at the penitentiary this week of off Edna L. Goodson of New Orleans and William R. Grace, a fourth-time offender. Uh, Earlier this month, when permission for the wedding was obtained from Warden D.D. Baser, Baser, Miss Goodson said that the wedding would not take place until Grace was released from prison in November. The the Weekly, describing the ceremony as, quote-unquote, short and simple, said the couple were married by Reverend John H. Smith, the prison's Protestant chaplain. Witnesses were Baser and Captain O.S. Holcomb at whose camp Grace is stationed. The paper also scooped Robert L. Pettit, the director of the Department of Institutions, who said today that he first learned of the wedding from the Angola News. So, waiting for November, my ass! This paper, this prison paper that's been closed since the frickin' war started, suddenly that's their first scoop? Yeah, ma. Okay. All right. So, then, next day... February 1st, 1946, we have one little page thing that says, Angola prisoner married at the farm. Okay. It's a woman's prerogative to change her mind. And that's what apparently... What happened to Miss Edna L. Goodson, 1115 Washington Avenue, who a few weeks ago canceled plans for her wedding at Angola Penitentiary, saying she would wait until her fiancé was released in November. But the Angola News, the prison's weekly tabloid, revealed that Miss Goodson was married this week at the prison farm to prisoner William R. Grace. The short and simple ceremony was performed by the Reverend, blah, 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 all this stuff, right? Okay, and then it says permission for the ceremony granted last December by the attorney general's office and at that time the warden said prison rules necessitated the bride leaving immediately after the ceremony blah 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 all that stuff good behavior all that other stuff so they're confirming it she got married to this guy okay now that was February of 1946 okay mom let's skip forward through time two years It's a lovely, lovely summer now. August 20th of 1948. August 20th of 1948. All right, I have the first article that goes along with this. It's like a really bad newspaper. I mean, how do I explain it? The newspaper article is really jacked up. So it's a little bit hard to read. So bear with me, here we go. Ready? I don't even have the, I don't even know where this is from. All right, skinny, skinny, the word skinny is in quotes, okay? Skinny wife slays husband, fires fatal shot at party to stop mates' taunts. Okay? The female, the skinny, is Edna. The shot guy is the four-time convict. Here we go. August 29th, New Orleans, 1948. A pen pal bride. Right? She was a pen pal bride because she was his pen pal from prison. A pen pal bride admitted today that she ended her thirty ninth birthday. See, it's all jacked up. Thirty-ninth birthday last night by pumping a bullet into the head of her ex-convict husband. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I mean Jesus. All right. Ah, she admitted today that she ended her. He ended her 39th birthday party last night by pumping a bullet into the head of her ex-convict husband because he repeatedly called her skinny and threatened to leave her. Miss Edna Grace was booked for murder, and three other persons were held as material witnesses. This is her birthday party, for Christ's sake. Okay. The woman said she married her husband, William Grace, 35, in 1945 at the Louisiana State Penitentiary at Angola. Okay. I have it as 1946, but okay, where he was serving a life sentence as an habitual offender. William Grace, who was fatally shot in New Orleans last night, was involved in a grand larceny case in Baton Rouge and sent to the penitentiary in 1932, serving three years of his term, according to news dispatches from New Orleans. Okay, so that's the little side note about him. Edna said he had proposed to her in a letter, that's where the pen pal thing comes from, explaining that he would be pardoned if he married and settled down, leading a good life, quote-unquote. I wanted to forget his criminal record, she said. Lewis Bentley, one of the witnesses, told police Grace began teasing his wife and Miss Vivian Cernig- Cerniglia and their guest after several drinks had been served. Mm-mm-mm. Watch your tongue while you drink and Bentley and Grace called his wa- Benton said Gr- Bentley said Grace called his wife skinny unless sir Sir Nicholas, Uh I can't even make out what that word is. It's not skinny and it doesn't it's not even you can't even read it. Miss Grace told police she warned her husband to stop teasing her, but that he refused to do so. Then Mrs. Grace said her husband called her downstairs and told her he was leaving her because she had served her purpose. oh my God, on her birthday, ma. No wonder he got shot. Well, people are drinking. Oh my God, okay. Mm. She told police that she went to her bedroom and obtained a thirty-eight caliber pistol to scare him. She said she sat down in a chair with the pistol in her lap and warned Grace to keep away from her. Instead, she said, Grace got up and came toward her. Bentley told police that Miss Grace then raised the pistol and pulled the trigger and Grace dropped with a bullet Under the right ear. The other witness uh, said to Mrs. See, and it's all like jacked up. Mother of Mrs. Grace. The other witness is said to, I guess they're missing words, said to be Mrs. So-and-so, and and it looks like Rowley, the mother of Mrs. Grace. She told police several other guests at the party had already left when the shooting occurred. Okay? So, that's that's the first article. Here we go. And we got another article, and it says, "The Town Talk, August twentieth, nineteen forty-eight. Mrs. Ed- oh, woman thirty-nine kills mate because he called her skinny. Oh my God, Mrs. <laughs> I wish I wish somebody would call me skinny these days. Ah, Jesus. That would right. be nice, actually. Unbelievable. It's okay. So it's the same, same information. Okay, it's the same information." Same people, same witnesses, all the names match. Then on August 21st, there is the newspaper uh, Times Picayune. It says Grace. On Thursday, August 19th, 1948, at 10.55 PM, William Robert Grace, husband of Edna Goodson, son of Mildred Boos, and the late Thomas Patrick Grace, brother of Mrs. Arthur Bellinger, Thomas Paul, and James Michael Grace. Relatives and friends of the family are invited to attend the funeral from the homes of Tharp Santhmeyer Son- Tharp, 4127 South Cinnaborn Avenue near Milan Street on Saturday afternoon, August 21st, 1948, at 2 o'clock, Interment in the Carrollton Cemetery. If I'm pronouncing any of these names wrong, people, I am sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I don't live where you live. I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm sure if you came to Montreal, you'd also pronounce everything wrong. Uh, but that's fine. Okay. So... August 21st. The wife he called to skinny kills ex-convict husband. The blonde shoots mate at birthday party in a bitter argument over her figure. These are the newspapers, mother. Well, uh. I guess I guess it was a slow news day, you know,
1: in 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 Louisiana. I guess it was a slow day yes. and, uh, you know.
0: Here, that here kind of stuff, you know. It's yeah. it's it's amazing. Ready? We're going to get more into it right now. What, what went down? Here we go. So, Miss Edna Grace, Mrs. Edna Grace, I'm sorry. She's a Mrs. now. Mrs. Edna Grace, 39-year-old blue-eyed blonde, was charged today with murdering her ex-convict husband because he jeered at her for being, quote, unquote, too skinny. All right. Three witnesses said that they saw Mrs. Grace fire on her husband Thursday night during a bitter argument over her figure. The shooting occurred. I can't believe I'm actually like this is amazing. The shooting occurred near the end of Mrs. Grace's 39th birthday party. All day yesterday, the woman sobbed in her cell. Oh, my darling, my poor dead darling. But she would never admit that she shot her husband, William Grace, 35. Grace started Calling her skinny, quote unquote, about four months ago, she said, but not until the birthday party when he teased her repeatedly before all of their friends did she realize that he didn't love her. He said, This is what she says. He sat there shuffling cards and calling me skinny and all of our friends laughed, said Mrs. Grace. I just couldn't stand it. I just couldn't stand it. <sighs> mm-hmm. she, she said she went upstairs and got her husband's pistol and the last thing I knew, I had the gun in my lap. Mrs. Grace said she married Grace three years ago while he was ser- serving an auto theft sentence in the state prison at Angola. Police records said Mrs. Grace is five feet nine and weighs 127 pounds. I'm not skinny, she sobbed. I'm just plain. Okay. Let's, let's stop.
1: 127 pounds?
0: First I of mean, all, that's... she's five and nine, and she's 127 pounds. Uh, well, listen, I mean, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to. I don't know what our listeners weigh compared to how tall they are, but let me just throw this out there, people, okay? I'm five foot three and a half. I'm five foot three and a half, and the most I've ever weighed when I was morbidly obese was 258 pounds. I currently am going through menopause, so hot flashes and all that other bullshit that comes with it is got me down to 114 pounds, five three and a half. 114 pounds I like to be 117 118 is like my average okay so she's almost six inches taller than I am and she's only like 10 pounds over my normal body weight that's that's pretty thin to me and the fact that she's crying that she's not skinny she's just plain man this I feel like this poor lady had like there's other, issue. there's other issues there's body issues yeah other, like no no I mean well, all, no all, kind of, all kinds of issues obviously she shot her husband over calling her skinny but she's calling herself plain like does she really see herself that way like or or has or has she been conditioned to believe yeah I mean I, there's no picture she, of her that I have so I don't you know okay.
1: Honestly, um, you know, people are people are absolutely cruel. You know, whether a person is skinny, regular, fat, I mean, seriously, it's like get over yourselves. It's none of your gosh darn business, barring someone. You can someone swear, mom. You can swear. You don't have to say gosh darn. No, I just I, I'm I'm not in the mood to be rude. Um, I, you know, it's it's I I find some people, you know, it's like. I I I I was at work one day, and I you know I cut my hair ex- extremely extremely short. I mean, uh, like you're seeing it now, it's like tiny tiny. Like um, a pixie, people. She cuts it like a pixie cut, like super short, cropped to the ears, like. Yeah, I could be. What it what is that movie? Uh, GI Jane. Yeah, Almost. Tight to
0: the head, but not shaved, but super tight to the head.
1: And and you know somebody came up to me, one of my coworkers and and said to me uh were were you planning on cutting it that short and I looked at her straight in the in the face and I mean again wearing masks of course I looked at her straight in the face and I said yes yes and she kind of just turned around and and said nothing and and you know to me if there's no if, if there's no point it's like what are you saying to me are you saying that you know like it because personally i couldn't care less
0: don't say the person don't say the person's name on the podcast but you'll tell me who that asshole was later (laughs) Uh,
1: you know what's it's no never you mind because realistically i i don't care mind your business just mind Uh, to be honest look unless somebody pointedly asks me do you like this or do you like that you know do you like how i cut my hair and most of the time i'm you know i don't mind the little white lie why are you going to be cruel and that's just cruel whether it's about your weight whether it's about your hair whether it's about your you know skin whether any of those things it's like again don't you have something better to do with your life and your time and your uh, you know just using your gray cells did you what a waste of energy what a waste of time and and it's just petty i just ah I, well, I, what- I i cannot but. Too late for William Grace. <laughs> <Too late. laughs> well, uh, look, uh, let me put it this way. Uh, when you marry a four-time offender in prison because you're one of his pen pals, uh, I don't think anything good can come of that. I have to, I okay. have to honestly, I, I've never understood that. I've just never understood
0: I, these I'm women. Sure, I'm sure there's a few people out there that you know not every offender is going to reoffend i'm sure there's some people that learn their lesson and good for them if they found Look, their little I've pen nev- pal i've
1: never under- i've never understood these women who become pen pals with men in prison or who, serial killers who are serial killers who are you know just
0: just horrible horrible yeah most of these serial killers on death row and shit like they end up married to people like yeah. After the fact, like after the fact, it's,
1: who, who, yeah. It, 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 who's been getting all this, this um, pen pal mail uh, lately? Uh, Chris Watts.
0: Oh, Chris the Watts. One. Yeah. Well, before it was Scott Peterson.
1: Oh, I, I, as far as I know, he's still, he's still getting, he's still getting mail. Bundy
0: would. What are you talking get... about? Like, if I'm not mistaken, Richard Ramirez like got married. While he was waiting for death row, like Richard Ramirez, yo.
1: Like I said, I don't, I don't understand the psyche of a woman who, who would even or write. a man,
0: or a man, because there's men who are going after women serial women offenders in prison too. Yeah, I, 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 look, am yes, absolutely. I'm not going to categorize it as as men or women,
1: but I just don't understand people who, who need have a need to write someone who who's done these horrific things i i don't know what the end game is because technically you're you're never you're never gonna even if you marry them you're never gonna be with this person
0: oh so you know what as a side note not to interrupt you but i just thought of this we're talking about this pen paling people in prison you know what this um you know what this is reminding me of that i just saw i just watched the um The Unabomber thing, it's not, I don't, damn it. I don't, I don't remember which one, which Unabomber one There's so many of them. It's, okay, okay. For anybody who knows and and has been watching all of these, like, crime things on documentaries online, it's the one where it's the interview with the Unabomber. Like, the only interview he gave with that female reporter. Yes. So you keep hearing him. yeah, you keep hearing him, and then it's like interviewing his brother and his sister-in-law and the FBI and all these other people. Okay, in that one, they talk to the guy who started to write the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, in prison, and he actually went and got, he. Ted Kaczynski responded to him, and also he this guy got to go and visit him. Multiple times. Not like a lot, but enough. And like before and after his trial. And like, I guess that to me doesn't seem so weird. That you would be interested to know why the Unabomber did what he did. Considering he was, you know, part of the MKUltra project. And the type of life that he led. And the fucked up shit. the, The years that he had fear you know gripping this country over jesus christ you open your mail and you might be the next one um but they that's, did the, that's same, the only they time that this, i would understand why you would want to talk to somebody in jail where who you was
1: know, it who who was it, uh, it it's, a, it's a it's a the british story um that the guy that did Broadchurch portrayed him oh you're uh, talking about Nielsen. i'm believe that's his name and and there was also a a guy who was able to interview him he was interviewing him for a he he was he was interviewing him to do like a book or something to that that effect I mean that okay I I get if you're going to try to write a book or if you're trying to do a documentary what I'm talking about is more on on an emotional level where you're 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 corresponding with a person who you may be able to see through, you know, uh, a glass. Uh, it's it's not somebody you're going to have a relationship with. And a lot of people have said people who have those kind of emotional relationships with men who are in prison or women and, you know, either way uh, are. It's because they know for a fact they're not going to have a physical a relationship with this person not even actually an emotional relationship with this person because you're not going to you're not going to live with them it's not like you you marry someone and you live with them on a daily basis and and you you can't stand how you know they they do their you know how they brush their teeth or how they chew their food uh you're never ha- you never have to deal with the, the the little minuscule things of life uh that you would if you're dealing with a real relationship. This way, you you figure what the heck? I mean, I just write letters and I send maybe you know my my set of underwear, you know, whatever it is, but there's no real there's no real fear of having to have a real emotional physical connection with a person. I mean, I can't explain it otherwise because it just doesn't make sense. Creepy. I don't
0: want it. Yeah I it's don't very creepy. It. yeah, never I, mind. I don't want it. I'm as much as I am fascinated to know. You know, oh, why did John Wayne Gacy like to dress up like a clown so much, and why does he like to paint pictures of creepy clowns, and why does he like to rape and kill 13 14 year fourteen-year-old boys? As much as I am interested in the mind of the madness, I don't want to be your fucking pen pal. I don't want it. Can no, you barring barring you're a journalist, like I said, barring yeah. you're a journalist, right. or or you or, or, you're, you're, or you want to write a book. Because, you know, you've been so fascinated by their crimes for so long that maybe you think that they will somehow start a relationship with you. And yeah, as long as you don't make it personal. But fuck, man. So depending on who these people are, fuck serial killers. What if it's just some dude that's in for 15 to 20 years and gets out in seven on good behavior and now he knows where you live? (laughs) No. Now he knows where you live. No. Well, imagine if you've been pen palling with him, he does know where you live. And it would not be the first time that I hear about somebody getting out of prison and going to see the person that they were corresponding with. It would not that it turned out badly. In some cases, it didn't. It turned out fine. And again, maybe you can give somebody a second chance. They do get deserve a second chance and they get out of prison and they become a a great upstanding member of society. You, You don't know. You you don't know. Somebody could go into prison, a fucking total drug addict who tried to rob a bank, gets out in twenty years, and is helping people, uh, home, you know, working with the homeless, working with drug addicts, working with you, working, you know, to help their community. I don't I don't take anything away from anybody. All I know is I don't want you to fucking write to me, and I don't want to, and I don't want to write to you. Yeah, okay. don't
1: don't don't write me, don't email me, don't text me, don't Correct. send any smoke signals. No, thank you. Because it ain't happening. No.
0: Okay. So here we go. This is what happened to Edna Grace. All right.
1: So poor Edna.
0: So November 10th, I have, November 10th, I have an article and it says, The Times-Picayune, November 10th, 1948, Mrs. Edna Grace wins acquittal. She is freed of the charges of slaying her husband. Oh, Edna. All right. There were witnesses to her (laughs) just blowing him away. All right. I do not understand the justice system sometimes, but sure, let's go. A criminal district court jury late Tuesday acquitted Mrs. Edna Grace, 39, on charges of murdering her ex-convict husband, William Grace. The verdict of not guilty was brought in by a 12-man jury in Judge Frank T. Ezezable's section of criminal court at 5.55 p.m. As the verdict was read, the woman fainted and court... Attachés worked over her for several minutes before she was revived. The defendant's mother, Mrs. Claude Rowley, and a member of friends sobbed, climaxing the tension built up during the two-day trial. The jury deliberated only an hour and ten minutes. That's pretty quick, isn't it? Not an hour and ten minutes. That's that's pretty quick. That's lunch.
1: Was it? Was it? It doesn't say what what the um how many men, how many women, right? It, it no. doesn't.
0: No, it just says twelve. Twelve jurors, twelve-man jury. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's any women on it. Mrs. Grace was accused of firing a bullet through Grace's neck. She's a good shot. She's a good shot. Uh, firing a bullet through Grace's neck on August 19th during a birthday party in her honor at the residence of 503 Frenchman. The defense contended the gun went off accidentally. The prosecutor's assistant district attorney Charles. Jan and Edward Haggerty Jr. rested the state's case shortly before noon after a parade of witnesses, including the party guests and police officers, told of happenings during the party and after the shooting. One of the officers, patrolman James Fowler, said, I asked who had shot him, and she said, I did it, I did it. And he testified, as he testified, he nodded in the direction of the defendant. Fowler quoted her further as stating, I shot my darling, tell me he's not dead, tell me he's not dead. During the noon recess, Mrs. Grace was granted permission by the judge to visit her mother in the courtroom. They embraced warmly, surrounded by friends. Mrs. Grace, who met her husband while on a rehabilitation project as part of her church work, as part of her church work, they are pen-palling criminals. What church is this? What are you doing? Uh, Oh my God. All right. Um, This is a rehabilitation project as part of her church work, and it was instrumental in having his life term commuted. He was serving a life sentence as a fourth offender. At the time of the shooting, Mrs. Grace said she thought Grace's sentence was lightened because of their marriage, which took place January 20th, 1945 at Angola, and Grace was released three months later. Not in November when he was supposed to be released. He was released three months after they got married. Okay. Mrs. Grace came. To her husband's aid in February, when he was accused of robbing a benefactor, Frank Horensky, a druggist, for whom he was working. She put up $200 to obtain a $1,500 bond, which enabled Grace to return from Texas. So, this motherfucker is still doing some shady shit. Mm-hmm. After he gets out of prison, not not that that... Not that that means that just because he was drunk and called her skinny, she should have shot him <laughs> in the kitchen. But you're <laughs> fucking with a lady on her birthday. And, I mean, God, so reckless and silly. Okay, so there's that. And then i when mean, I have this, which is the same thing, basically, that she fainted. um, And, and she, she had the vapors yeah
1: this is really weird though what does it say
0: uh oh no okay that's it's it's all the same yeah and i thought maybe there was a little extra something in there no there isn't okay so now we're gonna fast forward this is 1948 i'm skipping ahead 21 years in time and i find in the times picayune right before christmas december 16th 1969 It says in big letters, it says crook, C-R-O-O-K, but it is not what you think. It is not in the sense of burglar. It is a last name crook, and it is an obituary, and it says Edna Leone Goodson crook on Monday, December 15th, 1969 at 1130 o'clock a.m., daughter of Mrs. Claudie Rowley. We've heard that name before, and the late... Justice E. Goodson, aged 64 years, a native of Carabelle, Florida, and a lifelong resident of this city. Relatives and friends of the family are invited to attend the funeral. Services from Late's Egan Funeral Home, Magazine, and Philip, parking areas, blah, 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 blah. On Wednesday afternoon, December 17th, 1969, at 2 o'clock. Interment at Carrollton Cemetery, which is also where William Grace is interred. Friends may call after 12 noon on Tuesday. Okay? So... She died 21 years after she killed the man who she married from prison, called her Skinny, and she got married to some guy named Crook. So, now, hold on one second. Let me do my screen sharing option from Mother so that she can see what I can see. And then, that way, I can show her what is up. All right. I have turned on my screen sharing, Mother. And... Here it is. Okay. You can see it, right, Mom?
1: Very little, but yes.
0: Very little. Well, it's tiny. Um, is, it's tiny. Yeah. You know, okay. A, well, this, this part I read. This is the Grace obituary. This is his uh, obituary. Let me close this. Yeah. This you can see, right?
1: William Robert Grace. Uh, yeah. Birth date, 1911. Uh, death of uh, uh 19th of august 1948 carleton cemetery number one new orleans orleans parish louisiana and Look father thomas yeah
0: edna leone crook so let's click that and when you click on edna leone cook it brings you to this here was,
1: yeah it was born in august of 1905 she was born in florida she mm-hmm. died in december of 1969 they also buried her in the same place also new orleans uh, father was a uh, goodson mother yeah. was rowley Watch His this. was
0: i'm gonna click on this look at this Edna Leone Goodson was born August nineteenth, nineteen 1905 in Carabelle, Florida, to Justice Goodson and Claudia Driggers. Her parents were divorced at about 1910, and it would appear she had no further contact with her father. She was married six times, twice while she was a minor. Uh, guys, she was married in 1905. Okay, so again, we've talked about this. People got married at 14, 15, 13 no, years no, old. She
1: was, no, she was born in
0: 1905. That's what I'm saying. But Mm. back in the day, in 1915, 1920, people were getting married at 15 years old. So not shocking that she was married as a minor. In 1920, she married Leon Lemoyne. In 1924, she married Louis A. Smith. It is noteworthy that in December 1924, she was still living with her mother and attempted suicide when her mother gave her grief for staying out late. Edna divorced Louis in 1927. Edna's next relationship was with a married man, Joseph Estrada, the police officer. The police officer who got fired. Following his divorce, he and Edna married in August 1934. Hmm. Edna's fourth husband was Wilmer Studivin, who she was married to in 1940. And her fifth husband was William Robert Grace. And then it goes on to talk about everything we've already talked about. Uh, You know, she was charged with murder. Prosecution was seeking the death sentence. She was found not guilty by the jury. And her last marriage was to a Mr. Crook. Research has strongly suggested that her last husband was Lee Jarvis Crook. Lee Crook followed World War II, following World War II, attended Tulane University Law School. He already, by 1940, had a law degree from Missouri State College. There was an incident in 1953 when Lee Crook was arrested for beating his wife, Edna Crook. She had suffered broken ribs and a punctured lung. Edna Crook and Lee Crook continued to appear in the No City Directory through the 1954 edition. He graduated from Tulane in 54 June, and no further record of him in Louisiana appears. She died December 15, 1969, in New Orleans at the age of 64 and buried at the Carrollton Cemetery on the following day. This woman was married six times. Well, I guess six times the charm.
1: Six times. No, because the last guy beat her ass. I'm telling you, six times the charm. What, you know, it's like just, you got to do it six times to get it right. It's
0: crazy. Like, I mean, obviously what was in that first newspaper article was true. You know what I mean? Him saying, oh, no, he she was just, she locked him in the thing. I mean, obviously they ended up getting married. So, you know, yeah. that's nuts. But, okay, so here's her thing, right? So here's her, and then here's her spouses. Look, Leonie. Died in uh, sorry, Leon Lemoyne died in 1970. Wilmer Studivin died in 1958. Obviously she killed Will, William in 1948. And then the guy who was beating her, here's a picture of him, Lee Jarvis Crook That's a picture. Oh, look of at him. look at that and look at them years. He's got some ears, huh? He looks like a Oh, he's dumpster. got
1: some. He's, yeah, he's
0: He looks nice. like he can fly away. I know. It's crazy. They're really big compared to his head. And he's got this weird, smarmy little grin on his face. But, hey, what are you going to do? So th- this guy... See, here, too. Captain of the U.S. Marine Corps. So I don't know. Back then, too, there was no such thing as domestic violence, really. People didn't really care. So then there's that, right? Okay? So then there's... That's the stuff about her grave, right? All right. So I showed you that. And then... Hold on. Here's William, okay. So here's William, and here's his information, and then, you know, here's stuff about his parents, and you know, where was he born? Hold on a second, everybody. Uh, he was born in Louisiana too, okay. He was
1: born in, in 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 Orleans.
0: Yeah, and then see, look, and then here are all of his siblings. So like, his two of his siblings died in 1993. Um. You know so there's that and then again here's stuff too for the you know the grave and stuff where you can find everything okay let me close that and then here's edna and then you see how here it doesn't show anything about any other spouses other than him on this ancestry and if you look you see where the cursor my cursor is going mom if you guys mm-hmm. ever go on ancestry when you hit somebody it'll tell you who did the who put the record in to ancestry right So you see mom the cursor here says crystal hollis over here Mm -hmm. okay so somebody named crystal hollis put this information in on edna and and that and that's fine that's great but if i click on this one this is also edna and this was put in by somebody with a different username and if you scroll down in this ancestry here are all her husbands look certain people are more detailed with others that's why you really got to search for people like over and over and over again. Look, if I click over here, I can see marriage documents for to her and her first husband. I'm sure if I scroll down, it'll probably give me more. No, that seems to be the only one. But this one is way more detailed than it gives all of her husband's names to a certain degree. Then here's her obituary. The one that I read to you before that had the word crook. Mm. And then that's it. That is Edna. So I feel bad for her in a way. Skinny Edna. Skinny, skinny Edna. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. again, you know. don't, don't call people names at yeah, birthday that's, parties. That's like bullying. While people are getting drunk. I mean, you really, and, I mean, you're a convict. Like, wh- what, you've been doing all of this shady shit even after you got married. The whole point of you getting married was, I said it. said it earlier hold on so that he would what what is it what what did he say he said it it's gonna drive me crazy i i said it before i said that he said that you know oh he was trying to go on the straight and narrow right that type of thing
1: that Uh, if he got
0: married he'd go back on the on the straight and narrow ridiculous yeah well
1: the, the what is it the best laid plans of my cinnamon
0: But seriously, I'm not going to lie. Good intentions. Yeah, but I'm I'm not going to lie to you. If that's true, and everybody's drunk at this party, because you know how cocktails fly. If everybody's drunk at this party, and all you're doing is making fun of your wife all night long in front of your friends, I mean, and the, you know, she's still bailing you out of shit that you've continued to do after you got married. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, I, I honestly don't know what you expect. If you literally, if that's true, and he said to her straight up, you've served your purpose, holy uh, shit.
1: Holy moly is right. Uh,
0: I mean, listen, and again, I'm not not—I'm not saying he deserved to be shot down like that in his own kitchen, but yo, I mean. I, uh, yeah, he, uh, he was pressing his luck. Yeah, just and again bit. maybe and maybe maybe she's maybe she's right. Maybe she was being honest. Maybe she lifted the gun, like the witnesses say, just to scare him. And you know, she <laughs> pulled the trigger and she pulled she, the trigger. It wouldn't be the first time that somebody accidentally pulls a trigger. Kids do it all the time when they get a hold of their parents or their relatives' guns and then fucking crazy accidents happen. So could it have been accidental? maybe do I think it was no he called her skinny one too many times and she was like fuck you skinny I'll give you skinny yeah Yeah. (laughs) um don't play with all I have to say is don't play with guns please exactly please don't okay so I always forget to do this so again I'm gonna do it Please, please 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 go rate us give us five stars the analytics of all these podcast platforms that's what they uh, base everybody off of so please 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 go review us give us five stars if you enjoy um, you know we enjoy bringing you the content so if you know we don't ask for much just please review okay then if you want to get in touch with us all right email talkingmurderwithmymother@gmail.com. with my mother at gmail.com instagram talkingmurderwithmymother. murder with my mother twitter at murder talking facebook talkingmurderwithmymother. with my mother just look it up it'll pop up the podcast pops up right away If you want to listen to my husband's podcast, it is a movie quote, movie genre podcast. It is called Fully Operational, a podcast for people who talk in movie quotes and who like movies. My girlfriend Maria's, excuse me, my girlfriend Maria's uh, Facebook and Twitter is Crystal Water Tarot. Go check her out. And then before I give myself my own shout out, um, again, my friend Lou's got the Depression website podcast. Go check that out. Um, it's depression you are not alone.com. And Twitter is at depression underscore Y R N A. Facebook, same thing, depression Y R N A. It's really great. You guys should check it out. It's a mental wellness um, website. Um, and my personal business page is Jolie SN. It's J O L I. E-S-A-N. I make planters and salt sizzlers and a whole bunch of other stuff, and I'm going to be putting up pictures in the next week or two of all the new stuff I got. So, if you want to come give me a shout out there or just come give my page a like, that would be awesome. And Mother, do you have anything that you wish to promote? You're on vacation. What do you have to promote? (laughs)
1: Um, I've been digging in the backyard. Uh, We've had absolutely summer-like weather the end of this month, um, unheard of. It's 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 great. So I've been in the garden doing a lot of garden work, and and the only thing I'm going to add is what I've always said up till now: take care of yourselves, wear your mask, social distance, don't give anybody anything. Please try to try to keep safe, try to keep healthy, and um, what is it they say? All things shall pass, and and hopefully. Like I said, by the summertime, we'll be able to live a more normal life where we can say, you know, oh, we remember when. And, uh, you know, again, keep safe. And um, we will, I guess,
0: talk soon. Yes, we will. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Say bye, Mother.
1: Bye, Mother. Bye. Bye.